This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Olivia Cook of Bates Motel and Sound of Metal stars in the new Game of Thrones prequel House of the Dragon tomorrow night on HBO. I spoke with Cook and co-star Thomas Mann during the release of their 2015 Sundance champ, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. I mean, I've been watching on Bates Motel, oh. and it's, you're just great. Oh, um, I, I only saw season one, though, so I don't know if your character's dead or yeah. what. Like, don't even, yeah, don't spoil it. Um, yeah, but, but I, I mentioned it because, um, you know, it's, you, you play, uh, you know, you have the tubes in your nose in that show, and you, you know, so um, did that prepare you at all for this? Was that, no? no? Totally different, different? No, completely different, and I, I, I didn't even approach the character as, um, you know, this ill, this sick because as soon as you do that then she just becomes a victim or a tragic right. character um, and so no and, and, and the same with my character in Base Motel I don't I, I forget <laughs> that I've got cystic fibrosis because you know she's so strong and the same with with Rachel she is the strong stronger one out of uh, Greg and Rachel's relationship and she's the one that wants to help him realize his full potential um, but to answer your question no, it didn't help me. <laughs> 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 the, the, the role. Right. Um, how did you get involved? Uh, what were you doing prior to to auditioning for this one? Um, I don't know. I I was doing a bunch of movies that were not really satisfying me, and I felt like I was stuck in this rut of playing like the the reserved sort of innocent teenager that doesn't you know, that hasn't, like, really found himself yet, and, uh, in a way, this was, like, the end-all, be-all of those characters, because, yes, he is sort of, uh, sensitive and insecure, but he's also confident and so smart, he's someone that has, like, all the answers, but, because too sort of stubborn and selfish to make use of them, and he's just so much more complicated than a lot of other characters that I'd read, and... You said last night you saw a little of yourself in that, Oh, too. yeah, so much of myself. And that was one of the things where like, I just felt like I needed to do it. And I think that's the only reason you can really emotionally relate to a character. I mean, it, like, you have to have emotional connection to a mm -hmm. character, you know, to, to, in order to tell a, a story in an honest way. So, um... So yeah, I chased the movie as hard as I could after I read the script, and I, you know, I met Alfonso when auditioning for his first film, and yeah. uh, I didn't get that, but he was just like a really cool guy, and, and sent me a bunch of DVDs, two of which ended up being movies that we parody in here, <laughs> strangely enough. And um, do you guys have a favorite parody? Each of you? Yeah. I like his burden of screams. Oh yeah, so funny. That was like my favorite to shoot, and also like the scariest to shoot because we were out in public and. 
um, just kind of shooting it very guerrilla style in the par- in this park in the middle of the day when all these kids are running around and I'm just like in this white suit kind of screaming, yeah. cursing at the top of my lungs mm. in a German accent and it was like, all right, well this is the kind of movie it's gonna be, so here we go. Are you guys both, you know, movie nuts like that? I'm definitely not. I, mean, <laughs> I, I really, really, really want to be, but I'm so busy all the yeah. time that the last thing I want to do is try and concentrate on a movie that's really, really hard, hard yeah. going. I'll just put on Amy Schumer and just like make right. me laugh. Amy, Amy, just make me laugh. It's a little escape from so your crazy asleep. schedule. Yeah. yeah, it's a real commitment. It's a lonely life being a cinephile. You're spending a lot of time watching. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be lonely, but right. I feel like I spend a lot of time at home just watching films, and <laughs> especially for this movie, it really. I, I wanted to watch all the films that they parodied mm-hmm. because yeah. I just thought it would be dishonest to be parodying films that I hadn't seen and I wanted right. to like them the way that Greg liked them and right. and especially talking to Alfonso he's, his love for uh, film is so infectious mm-hmm. that you could hear him talk really he's almost like talking faster than or his brain's moving faster than his mouth can move yeah, yeah. sometimes he doesn't and hear I mean that's a compliment he, like he doesn't he's a hear the words that he, that he yeah. says because you know he's always already on to the next thing and, yeah um, yeah so he's the movie nerd of all of you guys. Right? Oh, for that's sure. Yeah, I've learned yeah. so much from him. Yeah. Yeah. Go into, you know, like when you were when you were younger. I mean, your character in the movies making all these movies in high school. What what were you guys doing? I mean, did you did you ever shoot stuff as a kid or were you in plays yeah. when you were younger? Like what how did you guys get bit by this? I uh, <laughs> I was like uh, I, I played a lot of sports when I was really young and then like started doing theater in middle school. Um I don't know. That doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> yes, it does. Scratch. I, I want to hear about the, the the very beginnings. Very beginnings. The most the you know unpolished thing you worked. Do on. Do you want me to tell you my first memory? Yes. Oh, ever yeah. in life. Oh yeah, you should tell that story. It made Thomas projectile vomit into a bit. This is a story that really? made me throw up, and I've never thrown up like from being grossed out by anything. <laughs> all right, let's so, hear. So the memory to start off all memories that that the memory that was just so violent and ingrained and etched into my brain to start off my memory bank was I was sat in mum's bed and I was two and a half and um, at that point in my life um, I'd learned how to put my hands down my pants when I was about to fart, cup it and sniff. <laughs> Who did someone teach you that or you just uh, randomly I just start... think I really love the smell of my own scent. Um, <laughs> so and then, so in my mum's bed, my mum's not, I'm just watching TV, Yeah. Um, feel a fart brewing, put my hands down my pants, go to cup, pull my hand out, just, there's a, just a cow pat, my hand is just encrusted. Oh I no! Flip, so I like shout my mum, I'm <laughs> and she sees me, she's like, dirty girl, she shoves me in the shower, she's smacking my bum while my head and my arm is just in the shower and I'm just like, she's like, dirty girl, dirty girl, dirty girl, I'm like, ah, sorry. Right now he's doing the thing from the so movie where he really, pretends um, to pass out. Right. It's so not really set bad, up. Yeah. Every, that's really. <laughs> and that everything you know you, about me right now is because of that moment. Because of that, that brought you to Sundance. That catapulted it. It really did. I feel like it taught me to just let go. How did you guys go into um, those little bits when you pretend that you're, you know, in the movie? 
Oh, you know? I mean, when you pretend to pass out when you're yeah, trying to it was weird. I mean, mine's more like a seizure, and yours is more like <laughs> sort of a worm movement, like a worm convulsing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, you kind of just say it's, it's different personalities. It's whatever it means to you. Yeah. yeah, you just have to. It's do method, really. You just walk down the street doing that every day. For you a just while. feel it. You feel it. It's like a dance. But you know, when the music hits you, and you're just like, I'm just gonna let the body do what it's gonna do. <laughs> Yeah, because I remember reading in the script, I was like, "How? What do they even want to do?" And I'm like, "Well, I'll just do whatever I want." Yeah. And then that, you know, kind of culminated in me like, you know, crawling across the floor, Mm -hmm. you know, in the subhuman state, and then yeah, just, yeah, it's it was a very physical role. When you sit there, like, for instance, last night, or you know, whenever you whenever you watch it on the big screen, do you sit there and you're like, "Wow, most I I like that scene," or is there a scene you're like, "Damn, wish I could have that one back." There's some scenes where I was yeah. like, I could do that one mm-hmm. one more time, but there's a lot that I'm like, wow, I don't know that we could ever have gotten it better than that. Have we pull that off? Yeah. Yeah. Which scene? I mean, is it the five minute scene where it's just static two shot? Yeah. Um, You're in the foreground. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I'm in the yeah. background. I'm always, and... just, I'm, I'm really in awe with that scene. It's yeah. the most proud I've ever been of a, of a performance. Just and, the way yeah. it, it plays out is so authentic, and mm-hmm. it just. Uh, yeah, it just it has this beautiful mm-hmm. arc to it, and starts off so light, and then and then naturally kind of takes a turn, and is really heartbreaking by the end. And um, it ended up being one of the quickest scenes we shot because we only did one setup, and we didn't rehearse it at all because we were kind of uh, we didn't want to waste it. We had known it, we knew it so well from all the auditions and stuff mm-hmm. that we're like let's just go for it and lay it all out there in the first few takes, and then ended up being kind of the best for the scene. Man, visually, though, just the way he directs it, like, in that scene, you know, sometimes it'll be a long, static, single take like that, mm-hmm. and that works for your performance. I mean, you guys went to really emotional places in that, and, yeah. and letting that be a single take kind of helped that happen. Um, but then other sh- other shots, you know, it's a lot of whip pans and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Um, but then the one that really stuck out to me, too, was when you guys are in the room, I guess for the first time, the way he like shows your distance from each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not only with the two shot where you're wide, in the, the way you compose it, but the, the depth mm-hmm. one, you know? You know, the depth of field shows how, how far apart you guys are. Did you guys notice this stuff? Yeah, I mean, I tried not to like look at the monitors and know exactly what the camera's doing. There was doing. no monitors, really. There was only yeah, there really weren't. So it would never bother us too much or interfere with what we were doing. Only if we had to like move around the camera, would we then create like this uh, dosey do. But um, he never. I I must have been so unaware because I can't remember having any conversation about what the shot's gonna look like. I was just. Kind yeah, of he kind of just told us moment. like, okay, well, uh, he kind of gave us parameters mm-hmm. like, okay, we can use the space in this way. Um, but you know, you never you didn't know how it was gonna look, and in a way, that's kind of helpful too. Yeah. In the same way that we didn't know that that long take was going to be the only setup that we did for that scene, mm-hmm. right? Because then we might have tried to do something extra. When you're in a long take like that and you know it's an emotional scene, are you halfway through it, or you're like, "Are we getting this?" Or does it feel like, "Damn, we're nailing no, this"? No, no, you can't. I mean, that you really just have to like live in it. Mm-hmm. And I never approached it as an emotional scene, and I think that's what makes mm-hmm. it so effective. I yeah. think. I, I approached it as just another day at Rachel's house, you know, where I'm gonna go ahead and make some jokes and we're gonna talk about prom and um, and then just kind of letting myself slowly be affected by the things that she's telling me and then letting that all happen naturally was um, I think that's what makes it so heartbreaking is that it starts off in a light place and then you know slowly these things that they, they both just start to 
he, you know, he, he, he kind of loses it and lashes out. Has this Sundance ride just been insane for you guys? I mean, I mean, you're both relatively young. And, so uh, overwhelming. You have your whole career ahead of you, but I mean, is this? Do you look at this like, man, this is peak. this is a, no, not peak. peak. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's such a huge experience, yeah. and yeah, it definitely feels like a turning point in, in some sort of way. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we never expected anything like the reception that it got at Sundance, and I was just excited to go to Sundance. Yeah. Everything else after that has just been yeah. icing on the cake, and it's been so overwhelming. It really has. It's been, it's been wonderful, and it's and just everyone involved just worked the the butts off. They really did. They they put so, everyone put so much heart and soul into it, and so um, it feels good that that it's happened for everyone involved because I've never been on a set where just every single person has just given so much of themselves to this job, to a job, yeah. to a story. Sum the movie up in one word, each oh of you God. guys. To, for what it means to you. Mm. Um, I don't know, I feel like we sell it short if we try and be like, friendship, love. Yeah. Appre appreciation. Appre yeah, appreciation. What's next for you guys? What's time with that? Uh, I'm doing a film called Brain on Fire with Dakota Fanning. It's much darker than you know, <laughs> a lot of things that I've done before. Yeah. So I'm really excited about that. And you, I'm um, doing a movie called Limehouse Golem with Alan Rickman in, in England. What genre is that? Um, murder mystery. Nice. You guys have done some darker stuff. You know, Ouija. I have Bates not. Motel. This, this is be your... <laughs> <laughs> well, Bates Motel, then, at least. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, I mean, there's a dark side, apparently. But there's comedy just, in the dark. Yeah, but no, it's like it's I've just, done a lot of comedies and now I feel like I'm just I'm really wanting to explore some darker. I think I'm sides. more just drawn to the, the characters. The characters are really strong. Yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Cool. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Our theme music is Scott Buckley's Clarion. Remember to give us a five star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.